Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. Hello and welcome to the Blasphemous Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me is my trustworthy co-host, Addison. How are you doing today, Addison? I'm doing just peachy. That's great. Um, so this is our intro episode. Um, I'm really glad to be doing this, and I'm happy to have my good friend Addison alongside me for it. Um, so we're going to start off talking a little bit about ourselves, the plan why we like disturbing cinema so much, then finally answering some questions you guys sent in. So, Edison, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm just a dude who's into movies, and I played soccer and just go to college and work, and I'm from Georgia, but, you know, hopefully I'm not really like a true southern kind of guy, or at least I hope I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, a little bit in your accent not too much though unfortunately but i just can't get rid of it (laughs) Um, that's about it though yeah so a little bit about myself um i've been in movies my whole life um i've been in my junior year of college in illinois um i write movie reviews i work at my college's newspaper um so yeah, that's pretty much it with me. Um, so the plans that we had for this podcast were that we were gonna we were gonna be doing this bi-weekly and covering a movie every other week um, and discussing the film, discussing its absolute disturbing and atrocious attributes. Um, if this movie obviously is good or not, and um, Hopefully we can keep that going. We already have a bunch of movies lined up. Like I think our first one's going to be The House at Jack Bill, and I, I know me and Edison are both extremely excited to talk about that. Um, so yeah, did you want anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like disturbing cinema uh, in general is just something that's can be really enjoyable and then can be absolutely atrocious and just completely discerning but yeah yeah but i mean that's that's the fun part is that you Mm -hmm. can just find stuff to do or just Uh find anything honestly either grotesque or not yeah i mean we have like such a long watch list of possibilities so i don't i truly don't believe we have a shortage of content you know movies come out every year and it almost seems like there's like about like three really good disturbing films that come out every year. So that, <laughs> yeah, it is a small number a it compared is, to the like, mass. But I mean, looking at our watch list there, I mean, I put 192 movies on there, so we'll be good for a while. Um, so tell me a little bit why you like disturbing cinema so much. I feel like it just gives a chance to, dissect things that you know there's no possible way to do in real life unless you're just that messed up yeah but i mean it's a and it plus it makes like a 
really cool rationale about explaining themes and using the most extreme way possible of going about that. But I don't know that, that that's mostly what I like about it is just the, the fact that you just see crazy things that will just blow your expectations out, even if in a good or bad way. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's my opinion goes along the same thing. Still on the same route. I, um, I believe that like really disturbing and fucked up movies um, almost give me an outlet to see stuff that I don't usually normally get to see extreme music. And um, I get to see some stuff that I don't get a chance to see every movie. And it kind of tickles that little bit of a fancy for mine. I always get a little bit of that urge to go go out of my way to watch these movies because I have that little urge. <laughs> um, and like you had said, there's even if these movies are the extreme of the extreme, there's obviously talented filmmakers within the genre that make these movies exceptional or downright pretentious or just shitty in general. Just provocative for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's get in. Let's start getting into some um, questions. I have a couple here. Um, first, here's from Jake on Twitter before Twin Peaks. He asks, has there ever been a scene that's nearly made you throw up? You can go for it, Sasson. I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie, uh, Kuzo, but the Flying Lotus made it actually. <laughs> but that's I haven't the heard only it, no. movie. That is the only movie that I've had to pause and be and just turn it off. I was like, I'm not watching anymore. It's it was so bad, and I just couldn't I couldn't bear it. It was so disturbing. Is it like a like so Flying Lotus the music group, right? Yeah, it is directed by him. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it was like it's about like, dystopian society and it was just but it's not the kind of dystopian society where it's like sci-fi. It's it was very like Cronenberg to the to the yeah. max Cronenberg disgusting like body horror uh-huh. and body fluids and just a whole bunch of stuff that's uh it's just disgusting. Let me just put it at that. <laughs> it's one of the um, few movies I couldn't finish. Have you ever seen um, the Nine Inch Nails um, film, Broken, I think it's called, or something like that? I didn't know they made a film. Nine. Now I have to watch it. Um, yeah, so it's very, very hard to find. And um, it was put out on VHS. It was accompanied to, a, I'm, I'm not, I haven't listened to Nine Inch Nails, but I, I sought out this um, video to watch. For hold on, you don't listen to Nine Inch Nails. I don't not yet. You sinner! Oh my, listen, I know, I know. Um, and so there's some pretty, pretty screwed up stuff in it, but like there's parts where it's just like, come on, just get me through this. I don't really <laughs> want to watch Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's like thinking of a like. There's parts where it's obviously it's just a music video. And so it's like that old 2000s music video that you maybe like think of old 2000 music video and mix it with like a Resident Evil from the 2000s. And it's like kind of like what it's like. 
Oh, wow. And then there's also some really good stuff after the music parts where it's like, hey, this is really creative and you obviously have some good talent to showcase some of this stuff. But um, for me, there hasn't been a scene that has made me nearly throw up. Um, I'm very sturdy when it comes to being squeamish. I, um, I'll cringe at times and be visually disgusted but never to the point of actually throwing up. Yeah, that Kuzo film by Flying Lotus was the first one that ever did it to me. I was very proud yeah. that I never got to that point until I saw that movie. <laughs> when did it come out? 2017. Okay, I'll definitely have to give it a watch. One of my friend was just like, yeah, Flying Lotus made a movie. Let's watch it. And I was like, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And it was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> So um, our next question is from my um, good friend, Nick Talon. Um, has any scene ever made you stop watching a movie because of how morbid it was? Morbid? Is that? Yeah. Morbid's like just that dark, right? Like dark, dark and disturbing. Dark yeah. and... Uh, I don't... I mean, Kuzo was because it was disgusting. And I just... Yeah. It was bodily fluid stuff but i've never had something that's so dark or like disturbing make me stop watching a movie that's that yeah i don't i don't think i've ever had that happen yeah um i for me there's been personally times where i've wanted to like turn off a movie um for those kind of reasons but i i'm a strong kind of believer in not like just sitting all the way through and sticking along with the ride to see what that work goes yeah. um most recent that i caught at my local french film festival on my college campus called the wild boys and it was it's a smaller film has it obviously has a really small budget and it details these group of five boys who crew commit a truly horrendous act mm -hmm. to one of their English teachers and oh I think I heard about I that. mean and I mean like the scene where they actually commit the act is truly just like it goes too far mm -hmm. and there's like stuff where like you do not need to see this in a movie there's no purpose going this far and so like but worst irreversible and, and all that? I haven't seen irreversible yet, so I wanna obviously wanna cover that for this podcast, but um there's stuff that I don't wanna see in the movie. Oh yeah. It I honestly thought that there was no point of it, but the biggest positive about that movie was how much style I had in it. Um but pretty much is I'm pretty good about sticking it out to the end no matter what. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, our third question comes from Caleb um, at Darth Groudon. Groudon. Crouton? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Crouton. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. it. Yeah, Darth Crouton. Yeah. We'll just call it that from now on. Um, what is the most disturbing film you've ever seen? Uh, a Serbian film, probably. A Serbian film? That'd probably yeah. be my most disturbing. It's just, it's ridiculously disturbing for no reason, really, either. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and I haven't seen that yet, obviously. So I'm well, that's obviously one of the big ones I wanted to cover for this podcast. For me, um, have you seen Angst? No, I haven't. What's Angst? So Angst was, it's a movie that honestly really made me truly feel feel uncomfortable in my skin. It's a story about this killer who's released from prison and um, he breaks into a house in a remote area to kill a woman, her handicapped son and her daughter and it details his psyche, the torture that he puts his family through and it's truly just like it really gets deep down to your skin at points. You mean just like in-depth psychologically or just like... Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's just like just seeing like this family be tortured and like the hopelessness of it, it feels so realistic. And it just, it really made me feel uncomfortable in my own skin. So I <laughs> honestly, so far, that would probably be the that would probably be the most disturbing film I've ever seen. Um, There's a bunch of others, but I think that's a main one for me. Um, Sounds interesting. I need to check that one out. Yeah, I'd love to cover it too. Um, It's a pretty interesting ending. I really like the ending of that movie. Hmm. It's something, I'm pretty sure it's on Shudder. Oh, Um, Shudder. (laughs) Yes, classic. The, the life and savior of our our beloved taste for movies like this. Shutter um, has Kuzo on it. If you want to check it out, does? yeah, okay. I think all that's right. all it's on. Would you stick it out through all the way through to cover it on this podcast? <gasps> I guess. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that awful right. movie. Yeah. All right, so the um, next question comes from one of my other good friends, Roman RBC, um, at RBC Roman on Twitter. Um, he says, what's your favorite grotesque scene, a scene that is violent, gory, and pretty disturbing? I'll let you go ahead. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I have a couple of those that I like. I mean, there's one of them is not even from like a disturbing movie. It's uh, just, you, you know, Annihilation, that scene where Oscar yes. Isaac cuts open the stomach. Oh, yes. I love yes. that scene. I think it's that's so a, good. I think that's a very well done, when, grotesque, disturbing. Yeah, for sure. And then the picnic Especially scene like in- from House to Jack Bill. That one's that one's pretty yeah. good. And uh, probably the one where. Also, I like the one where Ryan Gosling cuts open his uh, mother's womb and only God forgives also and sticks his hands oh, in there yes. Yes, to baptize him basically cool. in blood. That was Those are probably my three really And good. that was Ryan Gosling's idea to do it. Yeah, that, that was one. Ryan Gosling's idea. <laughs> Nicholas Winding Refn was like, what would you do right here? And yeah. he was like, I don't know, cut open her womb. It's like, all right, Ryan. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you make Lost River and you make a Halloween band. Yeah. Who are you? You disturbing some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that side of Ryan Gosling. I wish we got to see more of that. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. Um, is there any more you wanted to touch on? Um, um, hmm, no, I thought, uh, I don't know. There's also the, 
No, I think that's those are probably my three favorite. I'll just get my top three. Yeah, we'll just stick with that. Okay. Um. So my absolute favorite is the is the scene in Hostel where the guy the like I think it's like the first scene where you actually see the true events of what's happening, and it's like he um he has him sitting in the chair and he's torturing him and stuff and he um cuts the back of his feet where the Achilles heel is. Mm-hmm. And um Oh I know exactly which yeah 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 yes and so then he um he wants to be let out and then so the guy's like he just stops and he's like he walks over the door opens it and he says yeah go on go walk right out and he stands up and his Achilles like snap totally rip apart. Oh yeah oh my god (laughs) it's truly sadistic. I absolutely love that scene. Oh it's brutal, but it's a it's a cool one. It is really cool. And it's Eli Roth at his best. Um, Green Inferno, oh, baby. <laughs> Green Inferno has some pretty good quotes. <laughs> um, you know, and then I have some cool, I have a cool story about um, this next one. When it kind of goes into it a little bit. So when I had. So my local um, movie theater in Illinois had a midnight screen of ha- midnight screening of Halloween. And it was just about two years before I had seen it. I think I saw it for the first time when I was like 11 or 12. And so that Halloween, I dressed up as Michael Myers. So I'm, I'm so ready to go with my dad to this midnight screening. I'm dressed up as Michael Myers and everything. Classic Halloween, let's go, let's do it. We walk in. And they're letting us know that they got the wrong copy and it was the Rob Zombie's director's cut version, <laughs> not the original. Oh, I'll take and, the director's cut. And my dad kind of looked at me and he, and he hadn't seen it yet. So he didn't know what he had heard some things, but he didn't know truly. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> Let's do this. And so I love that movie. The director's cut or the regular or just both? I mean, the director's cut isn't total that much different as a couple added stuff. But um, yeah, I love Rob Zombie's first Halloween and like the early kills where Michael is in like early high school. They're both pretty to, good. To um, that childhood bully where he beats him with that freaking humongous piece of wood in the forest Mm -hmm. then all the kills at the house um of his family absolutely i just absolutely love that whole sequence it is so good and that is um, a good scene i do like that then my third favorite i don't want to talk about it too much because i really want to go into depth with it when we do that for our next episode is the um the scene was simple in the house that Jack that Jack built <laughs> with Riley Cano. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence. Oh my god. If you want to scream. Is, <laughs> I definitely recommend that you do it. And yeah, it is that whole sequence is so good. Cause like it starts off, you know, when he's like she doesn't want to talk to him, doesn't yeah. want to see his face. He walks into the room. 
Um, it starts off so sweet. I'm like, oh my god, this man is so smooth, and then it progressively sociopathic gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. And yeah, I mean, that's the pinnacle height of that movie. My favorite, absolute favorite moment. And um, so yeah, those are a couple ones I want to touch on for me. But Hostel, <laughs> that scene from Hostel, it, it's still it's yeah, really that that time. ankle tendon, woof. The Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> Gets everybody, not just him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would feel like. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So our fifth and final question comes from our man Chris El Guapo over on Twitter. Shut up, Chris. Um <laughs> We'd love you, Chris. Um he says, Do you think that with disturbing cinema that there is a line or lines that shouldn't be crossed. Oh, there's always what are one. those for you? <laughs> and what are what movies have crossed that line for you? There's always one. All right, you, you talk about that line. No, I mean there's always one person who has to ask like, if do you think there's a line that should be crossed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't know. I feel like it depends on the the filmmaker and the subject matter. I personally think everything could be fair game if it's done right. But Mm -hmm. there's some things just inherently you're like, oh, I don't want to see that. But then, you know, know, people are like, I don't want to see pedophilia. And then you watch Good Time and you're like, well, I guess it's not a bad movie. <laughs> it didn't ruin anything. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it kind of just. I mean, it made you who. feel weird, obviously. Yeah. But like, it it wasn't like it didn't ruin the whole movie, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just depends on the filmmaker, in my opinion, and the movie they're trying to make. Like, you know, usually you would sit there and be like, "I don't want to see kids get shot," and but you know, then you have the house that Jack built, and it kind of elevates the film a little bit because it's like it shows you how heartless he is and how sadistic and uncaring and how like he thinks of everything strategically and in the hunter's mindset where he's like, Oh, you Mm -hmm. take care of the children first because they couldn't survive without the mom and all that. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, I get, I don't really know if there's a line that can't be crossed. I don't know. I really do think it just depends on the film and the, the guy, the, or the person, not guy, but the person making it. Yeah, for sure. And so I think there is, but my rule of thumb is I don't care how extreme the act being portrayed is. If it's purpose, purposeful and has a legit re- reasoning to be in the story, to be that extreme, I'm totally okay with it. But if it's just depicting something just to be over the top, yeah, I what's the point? Yeah, just provocative just for the sake of it i mean like i touched on earlier the wild boys it has a bunch of stuff like that and i that's just straight shock value yeah i and i can imagine you know probably a serbian film has stuff like that it's the serbian film basically crosses all the things that i don't want to know about or see but it almost everyone doesn't like those are like really grabs literally everything that no one wants to see in their entire life. Yeah, <laughs> that film. And I didn't get a heads up on that film yeah. when I watched oh, you it. Didn't no. So it was the same. It was oh, the God. same 
fucker that got me to watch Kuzo. He was like, yeah, wh- let's watch a Serbian film. I heard it's wild. And I was like, all right, cool. And then, of course, I'm watching it. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> what is this? And we actually made it through that one. And I was really pissed afterwards. I was like, I don't I was like, I don't want ever steal yeah. that film. <laughs> it's yeah. bad. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, and then also, like, with angst. I felt like if angst was a tad bit more, tad bit more gory and a tad bit more um, extreme, it would have crossed those lines for me because I don't think, I don't know. See, this... that's the thing I don't understand is when people think like blood and gore could cross the line because I feel like that. Oh, yeah. I don't, I've never had that problem with gore, like evil dead or like brain dead or anything like that. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's obviously fake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, you know, there's some people, like I showed a friend, like Evil Dead, the, the remake. Yeah. And he literally, like, was, like, had to look away from the screen because he thought he was going to throw up. And I was like, it's fake, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess you could say well, I, I mean, understand in a movie. Why. Yeah. I understand why, like, the thought of someone sticking a needle, a needle directly into your eye. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best feeling in the world. Like cutting off um, an arm or like the, oh my oh, God, the oh, last scene wait. in Bone Tomahawk. Not the last scene, but you know what I'm talking about. The climax yeah, yeah. in Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. I showed yeah. that to some friends also and some of them were getting wheezy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like one of my, one, oh, just talking about Evil Dead. Um, the only, Like there was one time where I actually cringed really hard in that movie is when one of the characters is sitting on the stairs and the um, possessed girl is climbing up it and she's holding the knife and when she licks the box cutter yeah cuts like it cuts her tongue in half oh yeah noticeably cringe yeah and if you if you pay it if you like look closely when she does that you can see the black like uh the, not the black goo, but the little bug things. You can see them oh, falling yeah. out the inside of her tongue. Yeah. Out of the yeah, it's, yeah. orifices. Great that... remake. Great <laughs> remake. I, lo- Great I, think, remake. I think it's better than the originals, but I'm going to get shunned for that. <laughs> Ooh. I, all right, I'll say this. I think it's better than the original, original Evil Dead. But I don't think it's better than the Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 was basically the first remake, but they just called it 2. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it's always, it was, for a long time, I didn't know what the hell that movie was. And, oh, and then, then Bruce Campbell came out and said, yeah, that first part's kind of just a recap, and then we go from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, some great movie, I mean, the Evil Dead franchise, we could easily cover on this podcast, so I'm excited to do that. I love those um, movies. But yeah, I think... I haven't seen one truly yet where it has made me so pissed off. And the line that had, had crossed, um, but I think a Serbian film is going to do that for me. Yeah, a Serbian film was probably the closest I've gotten to being mad at a movie. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was because I, I didn't was, have a heads up on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was kind of mad at The Wild Boys because it was super pretentious. And I was really excited for it. Um, I wasn't like totally pissed off at the world that they showed what they showed. Um, yeah. 
So those are the entirety of our questions. Thank you guys so much for sending them in. Um, like I said, in two weeks time from now, we will be discussing the house that Jack built. One of my all time favorite disturbing films, a, a film that I'm finding to be endlessly rewatchable. It's one of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I love that movie. It's a great <laughs> one, dude. Matt Dillon's best performance, and we'll touch we'll touch on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with that. What would you think that might be better? Singles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you I'm for really listening glad to, to Addie and Jake's ASMR. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm really glad to be doing this podcast. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. And I'm glad to have you, Addison, alongside with me. Glad to have you, Poppy. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.